Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great simulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Rabbi Potashnik and his family and friends. And I want this to be the best year ever for all our friends worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and friends.com, Barry, B A R R I E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com. Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the coach's corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. very blessed today to have with us Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, former president and presently the executive vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis, the largest interdenominational body of its kind in the world. He speaks on WABC Talk Radio, 770 a.m. from 730 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, and that's WABC's longest-running talk radio program. He is also the religious commentator for Radio WINS 1010 on the dial. 
he succeeded the late Rabbi Mark Tannenbaum. He's also the senior rabbi at Congregation Mount Sinai in Brooklyn Heights, New York, chaplain of the New York City Fire Department and the Fraternal Order of Police. He always maintained a high profile, helping so many families cope with the disaster of September 11, 2001. He published numerous articles that addressed the challenging issues of our day and also offered the forward for the Illustrated Jewish Bible for Children. With all that he does and all that he knows and all that he's involved in, he always finds time to be on Joyce Barry and Friends radio show. And for that, we are most grateful. Welcome to the show, Rabbi. Joyce, that's only because I'm afraid of you. Uh, <laughs> you know, FOB, FOB, fear of Barry. Uh, you never heard of me, there's nothing to fear but fear itself? Well, no, I always tell Father McQueenie and some of your other guests, you fight for your principles, but you retreat when you see Joyce coming because you don't have a chance. <laughs> you got to give in. Uh, let me, let me just say this. I was, thinking, I was thinking before, say, I hope this is your best year. Now, if this is my best year, what do I have to look forward to? If this is it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I I want to look ahead to my best year. If this is the best year, then I'm not sure I want to look ahead anymore. But I'll think about well, that. Well, we That's say the best year so far. So far, and right, and try to make it. And you always try to make it better. It's it's interesting. I know uh, that there is an old tradition of eating carrots uh, before Jewish holiday. I remember before the New Year, uh, my mother would always make cooked carrots. And in Yiddish, carrots are called marin because mer means more. And the whole idea is you're beginning a new year. And I think this could be true of Passover and any uh, any day, actually. You always try to do a little bit better, a little bit more, um, because we can improve upon who we were. No one is perfect. And there's always room. There's an old, also another tradition of leaving part of the house unpainted. Um, I've heard it done in Jewish homes. I've heard Native American homes also. One corner is left unpainted. Why? Because it says to us that we're not finished. Uh, there's always more to do. So the whole idea of aspiring to be the best, but I, I think really to be better uh, is where we need to go. So when I say the best year ever, I was referring that it'll top all the prior ones, but every year for you should be mm-hmm. the best year, the best right. of the best. Well, it's a so great Rabbi, aspiration. We're in, we're in times of global concerns and challenges like never before in our recent history. It's very scary times that we're in. Uh, we'll address some of them, and then we come to you to find out how can we feel safe and secure in the midst of the insanity that is engulfing all of us. Well, look, um, it seems, you know, the honeymoon following the Holocaust has ended. People thought after the Holocaust that we were going to embark upon a a new era in the world where Jews uh, would be respected like everyone else, treated like everyone else. And probably that was true for a short period. Uh, There was the the sympathy factor in terms of the devastation Jews had endured. But when you look at today at what has transpired in Europe, the rising anti-Semitism, the attacks on Jews. Uh, we were just uh, recently with uh, the Consul General in, in uh, uh, Belgium. And, you know, the Jewish community there, I, I was listening to a Jewish leader speak just the day before we met with the Consul General. And he said, I'm not sure we can stay here anymore because the fear is uh, that we're under attack, uh, that, you know, there there are guards around houses of worship, and, you know, just imagine you're a young child today uh, going to a synagogue and seeing guards there. When I was going to synagogue, when you were going to synagogue, Joyce, we didn't have armed security all around. Now we have it. And then there are those who tell us that in Belgium, the armed security is not very armed. Um, but the fact that you have to have it, look, even in America, by New York, you, you go to Temple Emmanuel, which is a major reform synagogue here on the Upper East Side, uh, you'll see police stationed outside. Who would have thought that houses of worship uh, would have to have that kind of external and internal protection? So these are difficult times, and uh, 
we really uh, this is an uphill battle. Uh, Anti-Semitism is not on the decrease. Uh, there are some places where you know it doesn't manifest itself, uh, and we're happy with you know when we see reduction. In it. But overall, it's on the rise. Um, Jews. It. What did uh, Goldhagen wrote a book? The, the hatred that never seems to go away. Uh, that no matter what page, what chapter, you're always going to find uh, this uh, this residual uh, hatred. Don't we say Passover? In every generation, there are those who want to destroy us. And I think we can expand upon that. It seems now they want to destroy us. They want to destroy Christians. They want to destroy Muslims who don't conform to uh, Islamic extremism. Uh, so these are difficult, dangerous times. Um, and I and I think we we need to be very very deliberative about deciding what strategies will work to combat the hatred. Yes, that's very very true. And while anti-Semitism is clearly on the rise, but you mentioned uh, Christians are also having uh, difficult times as well. When I think about six people in a prayer group with Bibles, as they were praying, somebody comes in, joins the circle of prayer, and then takes out a gun and shoots all of them as they were praying in a church. So what is sacred? The schools aren't sacred anymore. We used to go to school and never think about any danger or issues at all. So schools aren't safe. Malls aren't safe. Synagogue churches aren't safe. What is safe? Uh, security found in relationships. You know, there's a prayer that we recite in our tradition when you escape a dangerous situation, when you recover after serious surgery. Anytime you're out of this imminent danger, you have to give a prayer of thanksgiving. And I'm beginning to think that you leave your house in the morning. When you return at night, you should recite the prayer that you get through the day uh, and, you know, you return intact that's uh, a reason for thanksgiving i just listened to the news here in new york someone else gets slashed on a train innocent person just gets on a train gets slashed yes. uh, you know this is this is disgraceful in, in in israel people get knifed you walk down the street all of a sudden someone stabs you why because there you're a jew here i don't know why I and mean, why is a victim you know someone who looks like probably he or she is an, uh, an easy target but we're exposed to this danger on a daily basis in different places. Now, we were just at the consulate of Pakistan. Uh, when I say we, we're talking about an interfaith body of Jews and Christians and Muslims who stood together at consul, consulate of Pakistan because they're in Lahore in Pakistan. Um, in Lahore, people were celebrating Easter and they were massacred. And all they were doing was expressing their religious belief. They weren't threatening anybody. There were no danger to everyone. But if you're, you know, one of these Islamic fanatics, you see danger uh, in anyone who's different. Wasn't that the story of Purim? Wasn't that what Haman was all about? He said, "Look, there's a people that spread around this kingdom. Their customs are not our customs, and we need to do something to protect ourselves from them." And he was embarked on a mission to destroy Jews. So, you know, the stories of yesteryear have become the stories of today. We live those stories. Uh, I've heard somebody say recently, well, Jews are too consumed with the past. Not at all. We're consumed with the past because we're concerned about the present, because we see what goes on, and uh, the hatred has not disappeared. So I think part of the response has to be that we need to maintain strong coalitions with people who want to stand together with us and we with them uh, we you know we meet on a regular basis here in new york and this goes this happens throughout the country with christians and muslims we jews and say listen this has to be the coalition of the decent against the indecent i still want to believe that there's much more decency in this world than there is indecency but we have to stand together we can't simply take the attitude that let somebody else do it or somebody else's problem every person has to feel empowered uh, to be part of that community, that larger community. You know, uh, I think I mentioned to you once, I was at uh, Terminal 4, Kennedy Airport, and you have the faith chapels. And by the way, you also have faith chapels uh, as you approach the Verrazano and Narrows Bridge leading to Staten Island. And you, you, one thing you notice is you just can't go by one. 
you got to go by all of them to get you a destination. Either you drive by all, you walk by all at the terminal, you drive by there uh, at the entrance to the Verrazano. And I think that's what it says to us is that we just can't, you know, find refuge in our own particular smaller community. We have to find uh, a real kind of bond uh, in a larger community. That doesn't mean we give up who we are. What it means is we maintain our, you know, dedication to our own, but we also enlarge the circle. So we're standing there with other people who care as well. And I think Christians are finding out um, that they're under under threat as well. You know, it it starts with Jews. It doesn't stop with Jews. Or it starts with Christians. It doesn't stop with them. And look at Muslims. Muslims who are, you know, uh, seen as not following uh, the Islamic code of conduct, as these um, these murderers uh, have uh, decided, they don't follow that code. They're beheaded. They're killed. Um, this is a sick, sick world, as you said before. Um, but we're not going to give up. We just have to continue to work together to stand up against it. Um, we have to show our strength. And, and I think it's a great message that we're sending because we're saying to terrorists, you know, you're trying to separate us from each other. You're just pushing us closer to one another. That has to be part of that effective response. Absolutely, because, and this is what people really need to get, a threat to anyone anywhere is a threat mm-hmm. to everyone everywhere. So the solidarity is really the most important thing we can do is band together with like-minded people of peace, people that want the world to be a better place. We have to stand together. But when I think of this one thing that I considered very tragic from our own government, and that is when Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu was invited to speak before the Congress, and the Democrats boycotted that speech, which he spoke from his heart and his soul about the very survival of Israel, and they boycotted that speech, our number one ally. I've been a Democrat all my life, always voted straight Democrat, and out of that, I don't want to deal with the Democratic Party. I just lost all faith in them. That one act alone that they have welcomed our enemies and are in talks with them while our biggest ally was boycotted, that really left a devastating mark on me. Well, many of us were very angry by the fact that there were I'm, not all Democrats. I remember, I remember seeing Charlie Ryan was there, and I remember looking down, and seeing Charlie Rangel there. Uh, very few. Nancy, yeah, very. Yeah, there were a number of them who did boycott. And and by the way, what do they accomplish by boycotting? And what do they accomplish by signing this deal with Iran? Um, the missiles, you know, are have been launched uh, that eventually could be used with nuclear warheads. Uh, monies have been released that are being used for uh, terrorism efforts. So this great deal, this was the, you know, this was going to be that special moment as that deal with North Korea years ago was that special moment, the, the dawn of a, a new day. Um, where is it? How do we, uh, how do we justify releasing 150 billion dollars, clearing the path for a nuclear Iran within eight to? Or however one figures the years, and they have all these different calculations, but they know one thing. At some point, Iran can, by just behaving, uh, become a nuclear threat. Uh, we were having some success with sanctions. We were putting pressure on them. And, and now we're being told, by the way, that we're going to loosen even some of these sanctions that remain yes. by making dollars available. I mean, how does this how does that further the cause? I, I thought it was the most insane deal of all time. We have four American hostages there. They didn't even negotiate the release yeah. of four innocent Americans and say, we don't go to the table till you let them go. So they're still there in captivity in a regime like that. And in the Iran Charter, it calls for the destruction of Israel. And when asked to take that out of the Charter, they refused to do it. So in their own Charter, it says that, and this is how we treat our allies. Instead of joining forces and coming up collectively with something that works with this enemy uh, of peace-loving people everywhere, we boycott the prime minister of Israel. Uh, therefore, I really lost all faith in the Democratic Party. And <laughs> when I look at the candidates <laughs> that are running, 
it's mind-boggling what, what the world is coming to. Well, your mother taught you that in America anyone could become president, and I think <laughs> I think our yes. parents were prophetic. When you look at who's running, you say, wow, anyone. Here yes. comes anyone, you know. Um, yeah, look, I, I was talking with uh, former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani, yesterday, and, uh, you know, he made an interesting observation. He said, you know, we put people on trial for war crimes, you know, Serbia, Bosnia, every so often you'll find we're trying so-and-so for the genocide, the, you know, the, uh, the acts of genocide. And I asked this, he asked this question, what about the Ayatollah? What about the rulers of Iran? Why aren't they put on trial? Why aren't they brought before an international court or at least, you know, uh, presented with a declaration that you are, uh, you know, you should be put on trial we're negotiating with them as if they're, as you said, these peace-loving people. They're not. One of the, one of the things that you find interesting about hate mongers, they don't hide their antipathy for people. They make it very clear that they hate us. You know, someone was saying not long ago yes. that the, the Nazis, the Nazis, they didn't want the world to know what they were doing. They tried to hide it. The ISIS group and all the other, you know, affiliates, they're, they publicly are proud. Yeah. They're proud of, of, of all of the, the murders. As soon as it happens in Paris or Brussels, you know, or in, uh, in Pakistan, they publicly proclaim, we did it. This is a victory for us. I mean, what kind of sick mind would, you know, uh, find some satisfaction in killing innocent people? Uh, then again, you look at the Palestinian world and you see young kids there are films that are available where young kids at the age of six years old are given a knife and taught when you stab someone this is the area of the body that you have to stab right there are diagrams not upper not lower right here in the middle this is where you stab now you teach this to a six-year-old child and we you know it it is mind-boggling to think that we romanticize some of these things and think oh these are people who want to live in peace. Well, if you want to live in peace, you can do so very easily. Sit down and, and uh, you know, declare your, your determination to live in peace and work out the details. But when you're knifing people, when you're putting bombs in different places, you're, you're showing a side of you that is extremely evil. And we're in that war against the evil. Well, you brought out a good point about the way they're teaching the children, which also brings to light that you don't know where there's a threat around you. It could be in the form of a pregnant woman that you wouldn't even Mm -hmm. think of as a possible enemy or terrorist or a child coming towards you, yet they have those suicide vests. Uh, around people like that so what is safe who is safe it's a horrible horrible world that we're uh, dealing with today and we must at the very least band together good people unite everywhere but that's not happening well i should say it's not happening. yeah we, we, we try we continue to make some inroads um but we need allies uh one of the the great Muslim leaders today, Dr. Zudi Jasser, was a, a Navy pilot, and he's formed this organization called American Islamic Forum for Democracy and Reform Islam. Uh, and he talks about the need to make all these changes, and he stands up to his own people, and he says, listen, we as a community cannot close our eyes to what's being done in the name of Islam. And if we really are sincere about who we are as Muslims, we can't allow others to destroy our faith. So they're forming. Again, uh, not enough. Need more. Uh, We need these coalitions to increase in numbers, but at least we're doing something. We're not simply sitting back because you know what happens when you close your eyes. You don't see the tears. You don't see the the tragedies, and you accomplish nothing uh, except trying to uh, ignore or make believe that it's going to pass. It doesn't pass. Uh, it's it's with us on a regular, regular basis. John Miller is uh, the counterterrorism expert in New York. He works for NYPD. He's a deputy commissioner. And for him, this is a seven-day-a-week commitment. He doesn't, you know, he eats and uh, sleeps this stuff. It's all he does is, you know, we have to outthink them. We have to one step ahead. Where are they going to uh, be next? Uh and, and thankfully, in New York, we haven't had a major attack, but a number of attacks have been thwarted. 
Uh, but you cannot walk through this city without seeing some uh, demonstration uh, by NYPD of a counterterrorism task force. So this is the the new tragic norm with which we live today. Uh, wherever you turn, and especially a house of worship, houses of worship have designed plans how to protect themselves in the event of attack. I mean, who's more harmless than people going to a shul or a church? Who's more harmless? And these are the people that have become targets in the eyes of the hate mongers. So it's, yeah, they call uh, them easy targets. Easy targets, soft targets. It's just, right. uh, it's a shame. And, and the whole, I think that the strategy is to destabilize the society. They know if they can instill fear, people will think twice about getting on a train, about going shopping, uh, about doing the things they normally do, going into public places. That's one of the uh, aims of terrorists, is to, to create this kind of fear that paralyzes people. So people will not do uh, the daily regimen. But so far, we you know we haven't given in to that. But it's scary. You send your look. Every kid today has a cell phone. We go to Israel. There isn't. You never meet anybody without a cell phone because the cell phone becomes that instant means of communication uh, in the event of an attack. You know, so families know exactly where you are. So I know we, we talk about people on the phones too much. I get that, but I also get the fact that we need it. Uh, as a defense instrument so that we can alert people as to what's going on. Absolutely. And speaking of a daily regimen, there is something for a daily regimen that will make your world a better place, a more positive place, and that is listening to this show every day. And here in the words of our health guru, Beverly Nadler, is why you should be listening. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, Joyce Barry, and Friends. You'll see my picture on the upper left of the home page. Right under that it says follow. And simply by clicking on follow, you'll get an email about every show, every guest, every topic. You need not miss any of our special shows because if you can't be with us at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can hear any show 24-7 in our archives. And all shows stay in archives. So you can go back and hear any show uh, that you feel uh, affinity with. Back to you, Rabbi. Uh, we were talking about uh, things like uh, anti-Semitism and terrorism that's everywhere and not feeling safe. I find it amazing that in today's day and age, there's still issues over freedom of expression, over human rights. Uh, and even in peaceful protests, people are getting hurt. You know, we had a meeting last week with the chancellor of City University, uh, J.B. Milliken. Very fine meeting. We brought a number of rabbis and lay people and to discuss some of the allegations of anti-Semitism 
or anti-Semitic uh, statements and actions that are taking place at City and also, of course, at other campuses. Um, you know, there was an article recently about Oberlin where a father said, I paid $62,000 for my kid to go to Oberlin, and my kid is subjected to all of these taunts uh, because he's Jewish. And wow. the, the, administ- the administration has been very weak. Now, City University is taking a stronger stance. At least they're, they're being told that we, you know, we're monitoring them. And uh, I was impressed by some of the uh, representations made by City University. But you, know, you have a faculty meeting where students barge in and, and say, Zionist pigs, get out. Or they yell at students, Zionists, out of CUNY. That's unacceptable. Nothing that intimidates, nothing uh, that in any way... Uh, challenges someone else's right uh, to be a student, to be, you know, to to use their free speech. Um, that it's something you you just can't get away with that stuff. So, uh, city is being watched very carefully. Uh, it's a public school, and I understand free speech, but free speech has to be counted by honest speech, by people who stand up and say we're not going to allow this. Maybe a simple example. Um, I would hope that people go on to a website called BDS Guide, bdsguide.com, actually. Because what does the you go initial to, stand for? Boycott, divestment, sanctions. BDS Guide, G-U-I-D-E.com. Because when you go there, you know, there are these people who say, we have to boycott Israel, divest, you know, and companies doing business with Israel, anything to withdraw support. Well, I would love the people who take that position to go on the guide and to see what, if they're really sincere about boycotting Israel, don't just uh, stop eating hummus or, you know, tahina, some food. Don't use any of the uh, computer uh, products that come out of Israel. Don't use any of the medicines that save lives that come out of Israel. In California, people are able to drink water because of the desalination process that Israel has perfected. Look at everything Israel has done to better, you talked about before, to make it better, to better life. So if you really want to be this, this BDS devotee, and, and you know, they're, they're basically anti-Semitic. What they're doing is they're holding Israel to a standard that they would never hold anybody else. You don't see BDS Iran, BDS Saudi Arabia, BDS any of these other countries that practice horrific abuses. It's always Israel. Israel, Israel is held to a standard that nobody else is held to. Um, you know, it's like the UN talks about the subjugation of women, uh, Palestinian women, Israel. Really? Uh, Israel, that where you have women uh, maintaining high-profile positions where women are allowed, Arab, Jewish, they go to universities, they, they get positions uh, that others get, where you don't have that, in, again, in, in a lot of the Muslim countries. And yet the, the U.N. will, uh, time after time, uh, pass resolutions condemning Israel. So go to the BDS guide, and I would say to everyone uh, who's in favor of BDS, who wants to somehow hurt Israel, well, make sure you're going to hurt Israel, you're going to pay a big price because you're going to end up hurting yourself by not being able uh, to obtain products. Because if you're sincere about your, your boycott, go through it fully. Don't, Rabbi, don't I want to go back medicine. to that website because I'm trying to get it and it's not coming up. So I did something wrong. A B like boy, D like David, S like Sam. Right, guide, G U I D E dot com. Oh, guide dot com. Okay, I didn't have that. I was trying to see it now. Guide dot com. Got it. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, I have done many, many shows on the inventions, the extraordinary people, the scientists, the Nobel Prize winners. Uh, these are all things that make our world a better place, yet there's always people out there that are looking to boycott, looking to make trouble. It's unbelievable. It's just well, unbelievable people, that it's but the people going on. The people calling for the boycott are the people who are using Israeli products. So, you know, don't be a phony. You know, somebody once said that, uh, you know, a politician is one that will chop down a redwood tree and then stand on the stump and talk about conservation. So, you know, don't be a phony. Be, uh, be who, if, if this is what you believe in, go all the way. Deny yourself all of the products coming out of Israel. And then we'll see what a big shot you really are because you're going to need those products uh, in your life. So it's it's very, very sad. But look, the college campus today, here you have a place where supposedly there's a free exchange of ideas. 
And there are going to be people who will say things that you may not like to hear. That's fine, as long as they don't deny you the right to say what you want to say uh, that they have to hear. Um, so college presidents play a major role. The University of California, uh, the regions out there, came forward with some very strong statements about the anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism, uh, but that came about because of strong leadership. Morty Shapiro was the president of Northwestern. The man is phenomenal in terms of uh, he is a very, very proud Jew who happens to be president, and he doesn't apologize uh, for who he is, and he takes that position of you're not going to get away with it here. City University, look, if we can't have a strong position at City University, my God, then you know, what, what are we about? This is New York. We have the largest Jewish population, you know, second only to Israel. Um, so we're taking it very seriously. We're going to work with City University. Um, and hopefully we, we're going to see that strong, strong stance uh, by university administration saying we will not tolerate. You're not going to be able to hurt people here verbally, certainly not physically, but even verbally. You're not going to threaten their space by intimidating them. At Canada, years ago at Columbia University, we had a problem. Columbia today is a different place. And we said to the president, he said to us actually, that one of the responses can be to strengthen the relationship with the Israel uh, universities. Bring in professors from Israel. Let them lecture here. Have agreements with uh, Israeli branches here, like the Technion is opening up uh, in Roosevelt Island in Queens. Well, have a sh some kind of learning sharing program uh, with the university. Show that we connect uh, in a very close fashion. That will that will really send a message to those who want to, you know, uh, support BDS. So whatever they're telling you to do, go the other way here. Show them that you're pushing us even closer. Uh, that will frustrate them greatly. Maybe send a, a clear, clear statement that we're not going to be intimidated by you. You're not going to intimidate anybody else, anybody else, and we're not going to let you intimidate us either. I know of many cases where the universities caved in where a Jewish speaker was scheduled and the anti-Semitic people boycotted uh, events like that where the administrators of the school actually canceled it and caved in. So you're absolutely right that that has been prevalent, uh, where they let uh, the, the bad people win out. And we have to take a strong stand, just like when this ISIS thing started, it really wasn't taken seriously. It, it took so long and so many dead people before the world is really taking it seriously. You know, Alan Dershowitz, who's, uh, to me, he, he's a great spokesperson uh, for, for taking a moral stance, has challenged anyone and everyone to a debate. You want to talk about Israel? Um, and he's not, you know, he doesn't say Israel does everything right, but it certainly doesn't do everything wrong. And he has publicly challenged anyone to debate him on any campus, in any place around this country or the world. Uh, so if you really believe what you say, well, stand up to me. Uh, let, let's, let's put it all on the table in front of everybody. If you want to have a free exchange, then you can have both sides, even the sides we dislike. They have a right to speak, but don't deny my right to speak. You know, I remember when Netanyahu came to a campus years ago. He was booed, wasn't allowed to speak. John McCain, uh, wow. he remember, came to a campus, was booed, not allowed to speak. That kind of behavior is in it's even unacceptable. McCain? Even yeah, McCain? yeah, because yeah, because you know they label him somehow associated with the with the wars of Iraq and Afghanistan, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They wouldn't let him speak. You know, uh, this has now also become this new norm where we, if we don't like what you uh, have to say, we're going to make sure you don't say it. Um, and when it's done at a college campus, wow, that's that's the last place you'd ever think. But you're right. You have professors who lean in that direction. I mean, why should why should professors, why should departments be lending their names to any programs uh, where you have these anti-Semitic speakers? Actually, they shouldn't have their names on any program. You know, they have student organizations. They have a budget. They want to invite, they can invite. But it shouldn't be endorsed by faculty or administration. Stay out of that stuff uh, and uh, let people, again, let people express themselves freely without fear of uh, intimidation. 
Well, change does not happen overnight. It takes constant hard work to keep up a flow of small acts of solidarity and letters to authorities that together build up the pressure. We have to start with the small victories, one step at a time, one person at a time, one positive action at a time. People feel so overwhelmed. They come from, I can't make a difference. My vote won't count. We have to get past that thinking and band together to have a better world. And, you know, we also have to do a much better job in preparing young people uh, who are embarking on their college careers. I mean, we can't wait till they get into college to equip them with the facts. Uh, we have to do a better job, whether it's, you know, in the pre-bar mitzvah, post-bar mitzvah, all of those uh, bar bar mitzvah chapters. Uh, so they know when they get on campus how to how to answer effectively because you know the other side, many of them uh, they're armed with all this propaganda, and you have to know how to respond. And if you don't know how to respond, you believe some of that uh, garbage. So uh, we uh, that's why birthright Israel, where we send kids to Israel, is transformative. Let them see what happens there, you know, because of all they know about what happens in Israel is what they read on the front pages of certain papers. They get a very distorted view of the realities of Israel. So uh, it's, it's, it's a responsibility we have, um, and we can't wait till tomorrow. We have to do it today, and we have to invest in programs that work. Anything that inculcates young people uh, with you know, the right messages about what is taking place rather than you know, the, the kind of the lies that are being promulgated, we have to uh, make sure uh, that they hear uh, our messages. So in the educational system, uh, in youth programs, wherever we can, we have to make sure. And by the way, Holocaust memorials are very important. Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. But we can't make it all, so all about the Holocaust. That's, that's a, a horrible chapter in the history of our people uh, committed by you know, inhumanity uh, to Jews. But that can't be the sum total of the Jewish existence. There are many proud chapters uh, certainly, when you go to Israel, you walk, you you travel, and you see the many accomplishments that uh, have taken place over the years. And you come back and you say, "I'll stand up. I'll stand with Israel. I'll stand for Israel. I'll stand with, you know, for for a people that has done so much for itself and for others." Just reading about, you know, what's going on with Africa and and the delegations of Israelis that go to Africa to teach them. You know about the agricultural system, things they didn't know before that they now know because of Israel. You meet people from Sudan who are in refugee camps. They say the first people that came to help us were the Jews. You meet Syrian refugees. There's one in uh, Michigan I just met who came to New York and he said, Israelis, Israelis reached out to us when we were hurting in Syria. They brought us to the Israeli hospitals, Israeli doctors. We, we were taught to hate the Jews, and then we found out these were the people who were saving our lives. So unless you know the real facts, uh, you're going to you know, be taken in by uh, the, uh, the, the hatred out there that just doesn't want you to know the truth. This is a pretty heavy show today, folks. We usually have it much lighter. So on a lighter note, let's talk about something like the minimum wage uh, being changed and in, put into law, and you were at that ceremony yesterday, Rabbi. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, look, in New York, you know, in order to, to live, I, I don't even know how you live on $15 an hour, but people were, were working, you know, uh, for $9 an hour, holding three jobs, trying to, to make it go of it. Uh, there was someone there who lived at a shelter at night, worked at the airport, you know, was one of these air, these handlers, baggage handlers, worked during the day but couldn't afford rent. So the minimum wage is an attempt to say, look, all of us, we need to, to do a little bit better in helping one another. It's not enough to say, I'm doing okay. There's somebody else who's not doing okay. And if we don't provide a minimum wage, then people are going to go to shelters, use all other kinds of facilities. We're going to have to provide food stamps to supplement their income. So it ends up costing us more money. So let's let's do it with dignity. Let's Let's show them that, yes, we're willing to pay a little bit more so you can have a little bit more. You can uh, take care of your family better. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a lot more uh, cost-effective 
to, to see to the people are working, getting paid accordingly. Uh, so $15 an hour, which is phased in over a period of time. And upstate, it's going to be phased in even longer period because of the economic difficulties up there. But at least uh, there was a determination made. And by the way, it passed both Republicans and Democrats together said we need to have a minimum wage that enables people to live with a, uh, you know, some decent surroundings. Uh, and by the way, so if you're talking minimum wage, $15 an hour, uh, what is that, uh, $30,000 a year? Um, it's pretty tough when when your rent is a, you know, $1,000 a month plus. Pretty hard yes. to find an apartment here for $1,000. Who was at that signing yesterday? So the governor was there. The unions were there. Uh, political leaders were there of both parties. Oh, well, mostly Democrats were there. I didn't see uh, Republicans, although it did pass the Republican Senate. Uh, Hillary Clinton was there. Um, look, there are people there. This was about a minimum wage campaign. And uh, the, the governor did this in memory of his father, Mario Cuomo. Uh, and I was on the, I'm a vice chair of the committee because I really feel that we have to help people, you know, maintain a certain level of dignity that's what we're about so if it means i'm gonna to have to pay a little more for a slice of pizza so that a worker can get the 15 dollars fine if it means people can just have to pay a few pennies more fine we, we owe that to one another you know you walk down the street and you see homeless people people who just can't make it and again there are people who are working and still can't make it you got families in shelters that shouldn't be we're better than that uh so I know it's going to be a little bit hard for some people to, you know, to pay a little bit more to their workers, but at the end of the day, it's a worthwhile cause. And I think if all of us recognize that we have to provide that kind of larger net safety net for people so uh, they don't have to live in a shelter at night so they can uh, have paid family leave, it is more expensive. But sometimes, you know, it's cheaper to pay a little bit more than to look for the cost cutting measures that end up costing you a lot more uh, later on. Absolutely. And uh, one thing that I, I, I think is really fabulous about you and all that you do is you're involved with people like Father Brian McWeeny in interfaith projects where you, uh, I know you go to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral on Christmas Eve. I know he goes to Seder's. Talk a little about how fabulous that is to be in harmony with like-minded people of all races and religions. Well, I, I think one of the I know some of the cons, one of the concerns that people have expressed over the years is when you do that, aren't you lowering <laughs> the the fence? Because good fences make good neighbors. And, I, and I'm, what I'm saying is, you know what? We need to have allies. We need to talk to each other. We need to listen to each other. But that doesn't mean we have to in any way dilute uh, our identity. I can be a proud, committed Jew and stand with proud, committed Christians. And when I go to these different settings, I respect uh, people who are different, and they respect the fact that I'm different. But we have to show young people that difference can live side by side. You know, I, I, all you have to do is look back. Uh, at some of the shameful chapters of religious history, when people who were different were not tolerated. Look at the price we Jews paid. Uh, you know, people will tell you when they were living in Europe, pre-Easter and Easter Sunday were frightening periods because the sermons, you know, uh, were all about the, the the crucifixion of Christ and blaming the Jews for it. And as a result, people would go out and uh, attack Jews because they were held culpable. Uh, for that uh, the the deicide, uh, well, finally we're at a point now where we do uh, talk to each other, you know, openly and frankly. And what we're saying is, we do not we do not diminish the right of the other by protecting our own right. You take a candle, one candle, you can light other candles. It happens all the time. When you light other candles, you don't diminish the integrity of your own candle because the nature of a candle is it brings light and it stays lit. And I think that's how, that's how we have to look at this, that we can bring light and love to each other and not in any way shed uh, any of the, the, the beauty of our sacred traditions. Father Brian considered a Seder 
and learn much about who we are and partake of the traditions and say, look, I'm a Christian, but I want to be here to show my support for the Jewish people. I can go to a, a mass and sit there, listen to the beautiful music and hear the words and say, I'm not compromising who I am, but I am connecting with people uh, that are important uh, to me and to my people. We need allies. Um, you know, we talked about the threat of secure, the threat of terrorism before. Well, we're not going to be able to combat the threat unless we have allies, people who stand with us. We need friends, uh, and there are friends out there. Uh, so anything we can do to strengthen the bond of friendship, uh, I think we need to do. And Father Brian is a prime example. He's been to many Jewish events. We, we were just together. The Consul General of Israel uh, just had a uh, an evening where he invited different leaders uh, talking about terrorism. And who was sitting in the front row? Father Brian McQueenie, <laughs> sitting at the home of yeah. the Israeli Consul General. Now, you know, that wouldn't have happened, uh, you know, uh, years ago. Uh, but today it's commonplace. So Father is a friend. We have many friends uh, of different faith communities who care about us, uh, who sign statements when there are attacks against us, as we sign statements when there are attacks against them. And I think, again, what's happened is people see that the threat of hatred is not something that's neatly contained in a package. It spreads, and it spreads to Jews, to Christians, to Muslims. You know, hatred uh, is with no boundaries. You can't, you, you can't seal it, uh, you know, in this uh, special container. Uh, it, it, it spreads in too many places and affects too many minds. So we have to make sure that we stand with one another in solidarity, as you said earlier. Absolutely. And I just want to say, uh, Father uh, Brian, you had introduced me to, and he's always available to support our show. On Christmas Day, he does a Christmas show for us with all that he's got going on that day. He always works it out to be available to us, and you do as well, and for that I'm very grateful. What message do you want to leave our, our audience with today? What advice do you want to leave them with you know, there's an interesting statement in religious tradition that the eyes are composed of two parts, the light and the dark, but you only see out of the dark. And maybe the message there is that even in these difficult and dark times, we still try to look out and see light and love with people who are there for us as we are there for them. Um, we, we say, uh, let all people be friends. And someone said, why don't we say let all people be brothers and sisters? And the answer is sometimes we find brothers and sisters don't talk to each other, but a friend is always there. Uh, so, I, you know, so I think that you know, if we can just increase the quality of relationships by having friends with us, there is a sculpture called the Minion. You know, you need 10 people to be part of a Minion or a quorum for a public service. The sculpture has nine figures. When you stand there, you become the 10th. And maybe that talks about the importance of that one individual that you uh, recognize really, the one person. Each person who stands there completes the, the Minion. We need more of those people standing with us. Us, we need to stand with them. I think if we can do that, then we will find the proper response to those who don't want to see us standing together. My father always taught me, if an anti-Semite lives next door to you, let him stay up all night and you go to sleep. Let it bother him, not you. And I think if all of us will you know, have those configurations of the decent standing with one another, it will make the other side very, very upset. That's a good thing. Let them be upset. Let them be disheartened. We're determined to maintain a friendship where different faiths can also see each other as members of one family. Very, very powerful. Good advice. The advice that I want to leave people with is to drink, lie, steal, and swear. Let me explain that a bit further, folks, since that's my advice. Drink, lie, steal, and swear. Folks, whatever you're celebrating, here's my advice. Drink, lie, steal, and swear. 
you heard it first from Joyce Barry, success coach, telling you to drink, lie, steal, and swear to make your celebration successful. Drink from the cup of prosperity, but always remember those less fortunate than you and act to help them. Lie down tonight and give thanks for all the blessings you have, all the opportunities you have, and all the wonderful people you have in your life. Steal time away from your busy schedule to spend quality time with those people in your life who are special to you, who inspire you, who make you feel good, who are a role model for you. Swear that you will say something especially nice to someone today. Express gratitude to someone today and pay it forward to someone today. Do a random act of kindness and smile a lot, laugh a lot. Joy and happiness are contagious. Enjoy. Rabbi, did you get nervous when I told our listeners to drink, lie, steal, and swear? I did because I was I, all of a sudden I told my secretary to bring in some something to drink. Uh, lie, I've you know I've never lied before. Actually, that's a lie to say I've never lied before. Uh, and swear, I I never learned those words at yeshiva, so I depend on you to teach me that vocabulary. So, yeah. I always wonder if people get nervous when I give yeah, that sure. advice, or they trust me enough to know I'm on the right side. Uh, I always like when you uh, uh, give us a special prayer uh, for all that folks are going through, what this world is going through. Uh, you're very adept at in the moment of uniquely personal prayer. You know, God, help us to understand that all of us, before, during, and after Passover, taste the moro, the bitterness of life. But we also learn to temper it with what's called haroset, a mixture of apples and uh, cinnamon and raisins, because it is to remind us that in spite of the bitterness, we have to find the sweetness. And we find that when we link together with others who love us as we love them. So during a difficult time, we know, yes, there is sorrow, but with haroset, we also are able to find sweet sorrow. And I would like to think that when we taste the mixture, we realize as difficult as life is, it also has these sweet people who are there for us and with us. And God started the world with one person and became many, and we the many also, during these times, find that we can stand together as one. Thank you so much. And that was beautiful. Thank you, Rabbi. And my special prayer is, make this the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May this be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. That's my wish for all of you. And folks, we invite you to laugh along with us, sing along with us, be happy, be healthy, and enjoy your day, enjoy your life, and you can start singing, dancing, and laughing with us right now as we close with the Joyce Barry Mash. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired. 
buy her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Wow. Joyce knows all about having fun. Wow. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. Wow. She's wow. a coaching sensation for not just me or wow. you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> Have a fantastic day wow. and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. Wow. <laughs>